Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Ask Wardy. I am so glad you're joining me. I'm Wardy from Traditional Cooking School by Ganalf Glens, and I'm thrilled to be with you for another week of Ask Wardy. Today we're tackling the actually really hard question. What to do if you can't afford organic meat? Is it better to eat conventional or eat less of the, of the organic because you can afford a little bit? Tough, tough question. We're going to get into it. First, let me tell you what we're doing. I'm Wardy from Traditional Cooking School. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. And every Wednesday, this time, we gather together for Ask Wardy, where I answer your questions about traditional cooking. We have a live audience today on Facebook Live and Periscope. Welcome to you all. This is uh, running a recording, both audio and video, though. So if you go to askwardy.tv, um, you'll be able to check out the recordings. And right now, if you go to askwardy.tv, look for episode 66 and all the notes, everything I'm going to share with you today is right there for you. I forgot to see if my view was okay on Facebook. I think it is. Hi, Faye. <laughs> and if you're with me live, though, do share what you're sipping on, your first name, and where you're from. I've got some water here today. I'd love to go back and look at your comments and see where you're all tuning in from and what you're using to nourish your bodies. Okay, we've already got some replies, a ginger tea. Um, Irene in New Jersey is sipping dandelion spice tea, wonderful. We've got a coffee drinker in North Carolina, good for all of you. Well, keep chiming in with who you are and what you've got going on. So today's question is from Heather, she says, is it better to eat far less meat but eat high quality meat or is it better to eat more meat that's conventionally raised? Such a good question. She said, I've got a very large family. We're struggling financially. I listened to your previous podcast where you talked about eating meat and the importance of meat in a healthy diet. And I'd love to be able to, to afford to eat this way. Um, but my question is, is it better for us to eat less meat that's good or is it better to eat more meat that's conventionally raised? Great question, Heather, a really, really tough one. So I'm gonna talk about my answer here and I just wanna say, something's, some helicopters going by outside. I just wanna say that this is such a personal decision, more than a helicopter. This is such a personal decision that every family has to weigh out. What I'm gonna be sharing today is really my opinion, um, but it's not even a black and white kind of decision. It's something that you have to just take one day at a time and do the best you can. Pray that the Lord blesses our uh, shortcomings or the things that we're not able to do perfectly because we're not able to do things perfectly. Even if you're able to buy organic, you might find shortcomings. So it's really, um, it really makes me thankful that we live in God's grace, that um, we do the best we can with our resources and we just ask him to bless those efforts and to bring the fruit because all we can do really is to decide and 
everything that works is because of him. Um, so back in Ask Wardy 11, this is the podcast that Heather referred to that I was talking about the importance of meat in a healthy diet. And that was back in Ask Wardy 11. By the way, all the links, I forgot to tell you all this, Millie is with us live, pasting links in the comments on Facebook Live, but there are also going to be links with this video at AskWardy.tv. So just look around this video um, or recording to see everything that I'm mentioning. So in Do You Need Meat to... Do you need to eat meat to be healthy? Ask Wardy 11. I shared six reasons that I think high quality meat is essential and important to a healthy diet. I'm not going to go into and explain all of them again. You want to go back and listen to that. But let me just summarize the six. One, animal foods are the best sources of iron. Number two, the best healing foods are animal broths and soft tissues. Three, without animal foods, we may eat too many carbs to get our protein needs met. Four, to be healthy, we need enough quality protein. Five, animal fats from pastured animals provide essential fats for health. And six, animal fats provide um, essential fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. And a commenter replied to remind me about vitamin B12, which really, it's essential to get that from animal foods. Um, so you want to go back and read that and if you just look around this video and you'll see a link if you want a more in-depth discussion of those six reasons that I think it's important for us to, us to consume high quality meat sources. Whether you call it grass-fed, pastured, organic, etc., it's important. I do think it's very important for good health. Now here is where Heather's question come in, comes in because what if you can't afford grass-fed meat or organic meat? Do you eat less or do you supplement with more conventional? So I'm going to just go through some logic here and some thoughts and tips to help you, Heather, and you all weigh this out yourselves. Um, first, I just want to start with um, just, some, just some thinking, okay? And this is really to think about what our priorities are. And I want to share a tip that came from my friend Tiffany. She's the teacher of an online course called Grocery Budget Bootcamp. And she shared this tip. Remember what your priorities are, because that's where your money should go. Some families prefer high-quality meat, some prefer raw dairy, and some prefer local produce. Decide what's important first, and your money will follow suit. In other words, what's important to you, that's where you spend your money. Now, I want to add a little caveat here. That's a great, great tip. But I think we all have to be very disciplined and do the hard work. Um, and the discipline is that we don't under overspend in other areas of life or the money can't follow suit. I mean, we decide where our priorities are, we spend the money there, but if we're not disciplined in those other areas, then we don't have um, money to fill in the gap to uh, push our priorities further. I do have some other um, articles for all of you to read. Um, six tips to help you afford real food on a small budget. I think one or more of them can help us all find extra money we may not have realized is there for high priority items. Uh, another is 14 ways to nourish a large family on a small budget. Heather, you have probably seen that already, but if you haven't, check the link with this video. And finally, a post that's full of ideas to help you stretch your grocery budget further. So those are resources from me. I do have another one though from my friend Tiffany. I just quoted her on that great, great tip about um, prioritize and spend your money on your priorities. Uh, she has some more money-saving grocery trips. 
in a free, it's called Grocery Savings Made Simple video series that she's made available, I think just starting today, but for a limited time. And what you want to do is follow the link with this video. If you're with me live on Facebook, Millie's going to paste it here. And it's going to, it's three videos plus a printable workbook where Tiffany is going to show you simple ways to save money on real food groceries, real food groceries. We're not talking about coupon clipping with processed foods here. Yeah, people can save money that way. It's a lot of times those things don't apply to us because we value real food, right? Well, Tiffany's giving us ways to save money on real food. I know you're gonna get a lot out of it, so follow the link with this video and you can sign up for that. Um, and it is available for a limited time, so be sure to take advantage. Now, second thing I want us to keep in mind here on Heather's question is something that I've said before. In fact, I think I just said it last week, maybe the week before, and I'm probably gonna say it again. Uh, conventional food may be cheaper in the short term, but it's not as cheap as we think. We're probably all on the same page with this, but I think it needs to be said. If you consider the host of problems that conventional food has the, has the potential to cause in the future, then those short-term savings just really fade into you know, long-term problems, really. There's poor health, doctor bills, lack of productivity, a lower quality of life. Some of these things cost money. Um, some of them cost happiness, but no doubt they're all going to cost us. So that's why I feel that if we feel at all guilty about prioritizing um, a healthy, healthy food in our budget, we shouldn't feel at all guilty about this. Food is right up there with having a roof um, over your shoulders and... Um, you know, water to drink, and we can't follow suit with, with this, this society where convenience food is like making the real value of food, good food, cheapened. Real good food is going to be worth prioritizing and spending our money on this. And the reason I mention this is not to suggest that Heather or anybody here doesn't feel this. It's just that we need to make sure, just check ourselves, make sure we're not cutting corners in our budget now only to pay the price later. Okay, so now let's get practical, Heather. We're going to discuss your options here. Um, and option number one for how to make, um, you know, your smaller budget, large family want to eat high quality meats, how to make this work for you. So option number one is consume your meats with broth. Uh, you may know this already, but I think it's important to say to everybody, broth is considered a protein sparer. And what that means is, in addition to, you know, its soothing and healing benefits, if you consume broth, it helps your body assimilate more protein from the protein you're already eating. So you're getting more nutrition, more protein from your protein sources. Uh, so ultimately, if you do need to serve less of a high-quality meat, Serve it with broth so you and your family members are getting the maximum nutrition possible from that protein that you're eating. So it's so, so important to consume your meats with broth. There's lots of ways to do that. I've got a link for you with this video on eight ways to get that broth in without drinking it straight. And some of those are ideas for um, consuming protein or using broth in dishes. Okay, option number two eat more of the quality protein that's available in your area. So certain areas of the world have cheaper um, protein sources because for whatever reason, the people in that area, the farmers are able to produce 
um, that protein at a lower cost for consumers to choose. And you may have to do your research and shop local, go direct to farmers and whatnot. But the idea is that if eggs or yogurt or beef or chicken are less expensive where you live, then you want to spend the bulk of your available um, budget that's, that's designated for protein, for meat, um, on those because your, your money's gonna go farther if you're buying the quality protein sources that are cheaper for you. Um, and also snatch up bones, snatch up organ meats, because so many people don't want those at all. So farmers that are doing really, really wonderful growing and providing, they are looking, they, they have them for sale cheap because nobody else wants them, or maybe with your butcher. But organ meats and bones are often really, really cheap. They can help you get that broth in. Um, and then organ meats are a source of protein. They also have uh, other nutrition that you won't get in just like the regular muscle meats. So that's option number two. Option number three <laughs> is at the very least, if you're not going for the top of the line, um, quality meats, grass-fed, organic. At the very least, avoid genetically modified. Uh, one of the worst characteristics, it's so sad, of conventional meats is that the animals most likely ate genetically modified corn or soy. It's really rampant. It's kind of just like universally, that's what, they, that's what conventional um, animals are raised on. GMOs are not healthy. GMOs are genetically modified organisms are not healthy and they can in fact be poisonous. I have a quote here to read you from Dr. Jeffrey Smith and it's quite long so I'll probably just hit on a couple things. You can go to askwardy.tv to, to catch the whole thing. Um, he says that there are animal studies showing organ damage, gastrointestinal and immune system disorders, accelerated aging and infertility um, in, in people that have a genetically modified diet. Human studies show how genetically modified food can leave material behind inside us, possibly causing long-term problems. That is scary. Genes inserted into GM soy, for example, can transfer into the DNA of bacteria living inside us, and the toxic insecticide produced by GM corn was found in the blood of pregnant women and unborn fetuses. Numerous health problems increased after GMOs were introduced in 1996. The percentage of Americans with three or more chronic illnesses jumped from 7 to 13% in just nine years. Food allergies went up. Disorders such as autism, reproductive, digestive problems, and others are all on the rise. Although there's not sufficient research to confirm that GMOs are a contributing factor, doctors' groups such as the AAEM tell us not to wait before we start protecting ourselves and especially our children who are most at risk. There are medical groups like the American Public Health Association and the American Nurses Association that condemn the use of GM bovine growth hormone because the milk from treated cows has more of the hormone IGF-1, which is linked to cancer. So there's people are working in this field, but the signs are not good for genetically modified, and I think that we should all be protecting ourselves from this. In my opinion, genetically modified takes conventional animal husbandry to a whole new level of unhealthy, and I think that GMO is worse than conventional, and conventional is pretty bad, but this just makes it worse. So how can you avoid GMOs? You want to look for, and I'll show you a picture, the non-GMO project verified label on your foods. 
here it is. It is cropping up all over the place. It's so exciting to see. You see it on snacks and crackers and meats and all kinds of things. So look for the non-GMO verified because they've gone through the process of being certified that they don't use GMOs. Um, and and um, the other thing is, is if you buy organic, organic is by default, non-GMO. If you buy certified natural or natural certified, that is by default, no GMO. So you have, you know, you have some levels even above um, no GMO project verified, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay, option number four. I think we can make a healthy compromise with something new that I didn't even know about. Um, it's called Certified Naturally Grown. Uh, I learned it from Tiffany Crumbs, who I just mentioned earlier with that tip about um, set your priorities and the money will follow. I learned this from her online course, uh, Grocery Budget Boot Camp. In every food group, there's usually a um, worst and a better and a best qualification, and there's probably others even in between, but you can kind of lump it into the worst, the better, and the best. And here's how it works. So if we're talking about conventional meats, the worst is really going to be feedlot, conventional, genetically modified feed, where there's antibiotics and there's pesticides all involved in the whole process. At the very top, I'm skipping over the middle, then you go to, I'll skip over the middle and I'll go to the best. The very best is where you have pastured, grass-fed, organic. It's kind of the best you can buy. But what about the middle? Here's where Tiffany's revelation, I call it a revelation, I had no idea, comes in. There's a new certification, it's called Certified Naturally Grown. I have a picture for you. Um, Right here, you're kind of going to have, it's kind of a seal and it's kind of a small picture, but you can go to askwardy.tv to look at the full, the bigger one of it. And this is, this is how Tiffany describes it. She says, this is a certification for small scale, direct market farmers using natural farming methods. Although they do not have a U.S. Department of Agriculture certification, their practices are very similar to organic. They do not use artificial chemicals or genetically modified um, organism GMO seeds. I had no idea they existed. Maybe you all can chime in. Did you know it existed? And that's probably because I looked at their um, list of where to find certified naturally grown, and they have a list by state of farmers. And we used to live in Oregon. There, it's not in Oregon. Now we live in Indiana. There's no one in Indiana, but there are a whole bunch of other states listed. So you know, wherever I go, I have not seen this label because I have. That's where I've been in stores. Um, and I do want to mention, again, if, if you didn't catch it before, but Tiffany has a free video series, Grocery Savings Made Simple. If you follow the link with this video, you can sign up for that. I've been talking about her course, Grocery Budget Boot Camp, that I've really enjoyed and got a lot of for saving money on real food. Um, and she's right now for a limited time offering a sneak peek of that. So three videos that you can see for free. Follow the link with this video to sign up for that. So as I so let's talk about the certi certified naturally grown um, classification. I looked at their website. I kind of read through a bunch of things. I think they have better better standards for living conditions and more access to pasture than even organic because there's kind of this thing with organic where there's 
there's this way that like you can have organic chickens that have access to pasture, but the chickens don't ever go there, right? So the the standards for certified naturally grown are a little bit stronger in terms of um, that issue. And also, um, one thing that keeps the cost down is that while they don't allow farmers to use genetically modified seeds or genetically modified feed for their animals, um, they allow for more quality feed options, meaning um, like farmers could have seeds and feed that are essentially organic, but not certified organic. So the costs are down because um, it doesn't have to be organic. It can be very high quality, if that makes sense. So to summarize, the naturally certified, the certified naturally grown um, certification gives you strengthened standards for living conditions and access to pasture, and it also ensures that good quality feed and seed is used to produce the food, but it's not necessarily organic certified, which means that the farmer's costs are lower, which means that when we buy what they produce, it's lower. So for these reasons, I really think that certified naturally grown is a great compromise. And if it's available in your area, Heather, or anybody else living here, living here, anybody else listening, um, then it's likely to be cheaper than organic. Um, having said all that, it seems to me that when you're in stores, warehouse stores like Costco or even you know local stores here in Indiana, a big one is Kroger, when you're out and about in these stores, it seems to me that organic is becoming more mainstream and more affordable. Um, and even though like organic eggs or organic chicken are not necessarily on pasture, um, I think that they're a doable compromise because the fact that they're organic means that there are no pesticides, antibiotics, genetically modified um, feed, so you've got some things that are really, really important taken care of. So watch sales at health food stores, shop at um, you know, the warehouse stores like Costco, and you might find that organic is more affordable. You might find it. So bottom line here for Heather, we've gone through some options, some discussion, um, what to do, what to buy if you can't afford organic meat. Here's my bottom line answer. Um, I prefer for us, <laughs> and that's what I would recommend, but obviously it's for all of you to make your own decision, is that you don't eat conventionally raised meats. I think that the toxicity of the organs and the um, risks of the genetically modified issue are so great that I would say don't eat that. I would prefer that um, you meet your family's protein needs by these things instead. And this is a review. Number one, consume lots of broth to up the protein assimilation of the protein you are eating and can afford. Two, spend your available food budget on the cheapest forms of quality protein in your area, even if you're eating mostly eggs. And three, making only these compromises to ensure that protein intake is adequate. So purchase non-GMO project verified and or certified naturally grown and or organic if you're at a warehouse store where the price is um, affordable, has become affordable for you. So those are my three tips for you. I'm going to wrap up here by just recommending again that you all check out the free video series that I mentioned from my friend Tiffany. I've got a picture for you. Um, and if you follow the link with this, this video, you'll see it. It's easy to find. Just follow it and sign right up. It gives you simple ways to save money on real food groceries. There's three videos. There's even a workbook as well. It's called Grocery Savings Made Simple. My friend Tiffany's offering it. She has the blog, Don't Waste the Crumbs. And her family has an amazing story because 
saving money on real food has become uh, more than just saving money on real food. Her family actually has been frugal in so many areas, including with food, that they recently purchased a house for cash because they've been able to save up so much money and keep their budget like just so under control. It's really inspiring. So she's put together this free video series. There's a course if you want to go further, but definitely check out this free video series. There's a link below or with this video so that you can sign up. I highly recommend it and I hope you take advantage of it soon because I'm not sure how long it's going to be up, but um, it is limited. The free video series is limited. Okay, grocery savings made simple. Just follow the link with this video. All the notes, everything that I've shared today uh, is at askwardy.tv. Look for episode 66, uh, what to buy if you can't afford organic meat. I hope that these tips have been helpful and I love visiting with you every week. So if this is your first time joining, first time listening in, welcome. If you're a regular, welcome back. I love that we're gathering and that there's more and more people checking this out every week that um, it's a highlight of my week, actually, to just visit with you all and share, share a love for good food, healthy families, and of course, joy. Because the whole point that we do all this is to have more joy, um, joy in the Lord, joy with our families. There's so many gifts to be had in this world. And if we're doing the right things, um, I just believe the Lord blesses us and that it's just so, such a better experience for all in our family. So that was my little, little, uh, little departure there. Uh, so askwardy.tv. And if you want to submit a question for Ask Wardy, I take them every week. So you can use the hashtag Ask Wardy. It's right behind me there. And tweet me at School on Twitter, or you can send an email, Wardy, W-A-R-D-E-E, at askwardy.tv. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. Go sign up for that free video series, and I'll see you again next week, same time, same place. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy. Or send an email to Wardy at AskWardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to AskWardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash TradCookSchool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.